Recording. Ooh. Let's get fully close to the microphone. Equally close. Oh, how close? How close? Was I? So that was that, that, that was, was your penis. Yeah. We shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't. We shouldn't go that far, apparently, because we okay. we find it. Uh, I think this is good enough. This will do. This will do. This will do. I think my microphone's good enough. Let's get back to the question. So, w- welcome to the first episode. Yes. Of the, the Inside mm. Zenorama podcast, mm, yes. hosted by me, Simon Danke, aka Periwinkle. You will all know me very well if you tune into this podcast because you like Zenorama. Yeah. And uh, my usual guest will be me, Xander. I play Thicky and Thinny across the trilogy, and also did some creative things when it was being made. We we all we all do very creative things. We do. We do. This podcast will hopefully appear monthly, and yes. we I will get eventually the other two Xenorama rectors on as well, maybe so, someone else. But until June monthly, that's the promise I am making so far. Maybe we could maybe we could do digitally after. Wow. Well, if you do miss us after the grand finale, that was no chance. You can hear us, but you can't see us because we're both hammered. Not too hammered, but <laughs> we'll we'll get onto that. Enough to enjoy it. Mm. Anyways, today's uh, we've been frequently asked questions, questions that we ask each other, questions that I ask myself at night. Mm, yeah, um, and I answer them because I'm that self-absorbed. Yes, exactly, and we'll ask answer them for you because we are very sure that you'll be all, you'll all be asking them yourself. Yeah. Oh yes. So, do you want to start already? Let's, let's see. I don't want to know. I don't want to say when this comes out. Let's start with the first question from the FAQ. Woo-hoo. Is Zenorama over? I've been asked this about two times now. <laughs> to be fair, I've been genuinely asked as well. So you are you are in a more higher up position, even though we don't we are all equal in, in Zenorama. Well, there's four of us, we're four four equally people. That doesn't make any sense. We're <laughs> <laughs> there are four of us and we're in four <laughs> equal positions is what I'm trying to say. So I have about as much say as the guys sitting to my left and as the same as the two other guys who really don't care about Zanorama, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, they do care a bit. But now, is it over? No, it's not over. We have at least one more confirmed movie. One movie that is already being filmed. It's been filmed, it's been edited, it's just being polished up at this moment in time. This one will be edited, not by the Mr. M.A. Deck, Mr. Yes. Machin Yeah, yeah, he, he had his moment, he had his trilogy. Although he only directed two of them single-handedly, this one is directed by yours truly. Edited again, well, by me. So you know, a noticeable dip in quality, but it's fine. We have we have seen the posters. We have seen the posters. We have seen the posters. We haven't seen the trailer yet, and it's called the Screaming Mimis. It will it be out by what do you think? March, February. I'm going to go with March because I need to finish it. I need to send it to Maslak. He needs to play with the trailer. I've got trailer music though. That's ooh, interesting. So, yeah, well, I'm very excited for it. So there's at least one more project here at Zanorama going forward. It does feature me in the main main role. It does. Yeah, he's in the main. Maslak is in a, a guest role. He is not top billing, but second billing because <laughs> he's like the only other guy who appears, and even then, he's only in it for like five minutes. But it's fine. But we can confirm at least one more movie. And yeah, then do stay tuned. We'll probably never do anything ever again. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the audience feels. I don't think we'll be missing that much. But if we get some angry emails, we might we might be motivated to do it, another one. It doesn't count if you send them yourself. <laughs> Why doesn't it? <laughs> Question number two: How do you come up with ideas? How do we come up? We take drugs and. I've never taken drugs in my life. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. We don't take drugs. No. We, I don't know. I just fall asleep thinking about it. It's pretty much the same thing. I just sit there and think about it. Every now and then something good comes up, but you got to sift through all the shit to get to the good stuff. Yeah, we do have a lot of ideas and very little gets gets in front of the camera in the end. <laughs> yeah, but I would like to say, well, you and you and Metre are usually the ones who come up with the plot ideas. Yeah, I am quite the one to have the scene ideas. What what gets what actually happens in front of the camera in the end? I'd I'd say so. Yeah, I yeah. think I could point out a lot of scenes that I said we'll do it this way, and then we all just went with it. We all did it that way. Yeah, I think the point of me and Maslak is to 
guide the story along and then it's always been a case of seeing where it goes from there and you're good mm. at seeing where it goes so yeah that's true i'll yes. take that as a compliment you should you should mm. I, I like how we have intentions of getting to an hour with this and we already have two two of the ooh, counting nine questions oh, right this rate will be maybe we should have made the intro longer i think we should have but it's always it's always a a roller coaster of emotions, a roller coaster of quality to all our movies. It is, it is, it is. I know, we've been on a steady incline for three years now. We started off pretty shit and we've, you know, built up. Well, there was that massive drop of the the conversation at the beginning of Reload and then the lawyer scene, the beans and beans scene. I think they're both. They flatten out the upwards curve a bit. A little bit. I mean, there's scenes, you know. Not to put my own movie down, there's scenes in the Screaming Mimis that also flatten the curve a little bit, so... But we had our own problems with that. We had a lot of problems with that. And it's pretty good in the end, though. I quite like it. Mm, I like it too. <laughs> Not just because I made it. Ah, the Lost Hope, the Lost Hope trilogy in particular. Is it yeah. timeless? Is it a classic? Will it be future-proof? Will it hold up against the ideals uh -huh. of a modernizing world? You have put this question in because of exactly a, a comment that I made when we were watching Lost Hope, but Reload, especially together last. <laughs> yes, for the which most was, part. Which was about an hour ago. Yeah. For the most part, I will actually say they're relatively timeless. The first one and the third one, there's no actual real content that sticks it to the year it was made. But Reload is 100% a 2021 movie. From the jokes to the soundtrack being Dwayne Johnson's rap cameo. You know, I mean, even Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. It's a 2021. John, John? Jesus Christ. Dom Toretto jokes, family stuff. Italian-Americans, it was all very 2021, so that one's going to be a bit jarring. Give it three years. Well, let's see. I mean, we still watch movies that are already 2000s these days, and we we look back on them. Maybe, maybe we'll be a classic like that. Maybe we'll be The Matrix. The problem is with that is that we are just about old enough to remember times where things like that existed, whereas, you know, there were actual social trends. We just... Based our comedy on whatever memes were popular at the time. Or cliche, cliche, cliches we made up. Which we did invent, most of them, yeah. Mm, question number four. Mm. Does stuff ever go wrong? Yes. Absolutely yes. Mostly because nobody wants to be in the movies. Is that a testament to how socially embarrassing people think they are? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. But everyone's always on about making another one and making more, because we do actually genuinely get that a fair bit. But we go to make another one, but we need a cast. And it's no always one... us four who want to feature. Yeah, only ever us four. I like I said with the movie that's coming out, the Screaming Mimi's. The only two Lost Hope guys that feature, I mean, Billy's the only guy who's not in it at all. But the only two who feature properly is. Simon and Maslak, everyone else is a new cast. And it was so hard to put them together. It it blew me in the water. Filming took me months because I had to recast everyone two or three times to get the, the right people involved. So within the audience, is anyone interested in becoming the new member, the new backup cast member for, for, for the Zanorama Productions? Yeah, the new member. Please reach out to us. Of a... Production company that's already had its day. Feel free. I wouldn't. I feel. I feel hugely offended by you saying that. Do you feel hugely? Tell me why. Because we we've done the thing that we were supposed to do. Yes. We've got and? we've got one more that we're making, and then and now we'll spend the next ten years doing weird stuff until we find something that's good again, and then we'll have our day once again. Okay, okay. There's already so much stuff, uh, rom-com in the in the pipeline. In the pipeline, you mentioned it to me ten minutes ago. That's not yes, in the pipeline. Yes, but it, I mentioned it to the others while we were filming. No chance that we should make a rom-com. Why don't you direct that one then? I will direct. It. I won't edit it because that's not my thing. But I will direct it, and I'll I'll ask Billy to feature to feature with me. <laughs> the height difference could represent the character differences. Exactly. Well, I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah. stay tuned. And, stay tuned. Yeah. And staying on the topic of things going wrong, we tried to make an entire franchise. We had 
these original sequels that involve time travel and interdimensional travel, which I still unironically love. No one else does, but I can like them. I think they were overcomplicated. I think they were cool. And then we had spin-offs set before and after. I wrote spin-offs that had sequels, and we also decided we were going to do a horror movie and something about the afterlife, which is quite distasteful nowadays. So I won't say it out loud, but... You know, back when we were in year 11 and we were stupid teenagers. And bored. And bored. We had yeah. time for very grand ideas. We just outdid ourselves and just could never keep up. We had a whole cinematic universe going at one point, but I think toning it back to a simple little trilogy was the best way to go. But not only in movies that didn't feature in the end, stuff went wrong. For example, in No Chance, there was the, the reshoot. And the wonderful Thinny's pizza scene that will never see the light of day. The Thinny's pizza... No, 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 no. Right. The Thinny's pizza scene is awful compared to the scene that made the cut. Yes. Like, completely and totally... But it doesn't have a pizza box that says Thinny's pizza on it. That's true. The, the pizza box is just thrown in a cupboard under the stairs in my house. Because I don't know what to do with it. It's sure as hell not going on my wall, but I don't want to throw it out. So, you know, there are scenes that are cut. There I are... think we should base an entire spin-off on it. But yeah, there were scenes that are cut, scenes that are reshoots, we need everything. Big problem with filming without license in public places is people who walk into the background. Mm, so that usually takes... It's what takes a lot of time when filming. Yeah, or people coming and raiding the set, which has happened a couple of times as well. Yeah, or just our own perfectionism. But sometimes we need to reshoot scenes a couple of times, three, four times. But it always looks good in the end. Yeah. I would like to remind the first punch of the second fight scene in No Chance, which I think we needed six, seven tries for, because I always turned in the wrong direction when he yeah. just, like, frisbee does <laughs> in the first desktop. But in the end, we managed to do it, and it looks very good, and I'm very proud of it. It does look good. No Chance is beautiful. Yeah, it is, well, at least uh, in the in terms of cinematography. Mm. What else does go wrong sometimes? Uh, we always have to wait a lot for Maslak. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do. Hours are spent waiting for him. Maybe I'll feature, feature the Inside Zenorama documentary in the end. That's the point. Is that thing actually happening? It is, it, it is roughly cut. It does need some... I kind of forgot to film at the other days, especially because my storage was very limited on my you, iPhone XL. You did. You sort of did it for the first day and never did it again. And now we're... You know. So I did it on a day that we didn't actually film anything that made the cut. Uh, yeah. But it's good enough, and I think it will feature in the end. And you will get to see the Thinny's Pizza Box at the end, hopefully. In a documentary spin-off. Now, fun fact, we did a podcast a couple of years ago. It's called Simon and Zanfunkel. It still exists. <laughs> Do you want to watch it? Well, listen to it. Probably not, but you can if you want to, now that I've told you the name. And it is definitely not featured on SoundCloud only. Mm. But, at that point, it was a raw, uncut clip that we just uploaded because, you know... But now we have an actual editor who edits these things, and the reason why I'm getting to that is because what I'm about to tell you will probably get cut by our editor because he doesn't want any publicity on this thing. But there is a Lost Hope spin-off that is available for everyone. Yes, it's publicly available. It's on a channel called Frisbee Nichols, and it is about how Frisbee got the gun. It's about two and a half minutes long. It's the best two and a half minutes that we've ever made, and only he made it. Yes, he features three characters, three or four characters, I Mm -hmm. believe, and it tells the whole backstory of Frisbee. And it's the the only finished spin-off ever. Yeah. How he gets the shotgun in no chance and his entire family tree, so... We should have put a spoiler warning for this in the in the beginning. We should have. Who, want, who would listen to the Inside Zonorama podcast without having seen the movies? That's true. Yeah. What is there any other stuff that goes wrong? I don't think... Other than the time we got mugged in McDonald's after filming? <laughs> nearly. Very nearly. That scared the shit out of me. That, yeah, me too. I don't... I don't. I won't ever go to Ma- the McDonald's again. Me At least not probably. after sunset. No. Go out sunset and all the creatures come out from the corners. Oh, yeah. horrible. As obviously we do live in a very beautiful part of England. Oh, yes. Classy and town, honestly. Classy. It's just like Bromley in South London, just with the, the part you didn't like. That's the point. I am so 
beyond happy that we dropped the Bromley thing from Lost Hope. And you all three didn't know that it was a real place. Well, we did actually, because <laughs> Bromley is the one that we make, you know, that gave gave us the reference. But we called it Bromley after the real place. But I am so glad that we dropped it anyway. It wouldn't. I think it makes sense the Lost Hope, but the others were a different style. We always change them through. They were actually, yeah. But I still don't like it. The next question, question number five. Do yes. you like your characters? Do you, you, you have two characters to I, talk about, yeah, but I, I only do. have one. Yeah. I quite like Finny. I don't like how much he swears, but th- th- there was reasons for that when we were filming it. We did play a drinking game earlier today, in which we had to drink for every F-word, F-bomb, that a thicky, a Thinny drops. Yeah. And yeah, we did, it made us quite drunk, and we couldn't follow up because in one sentence he has look, a look, stupid amount of. There, there was you know, I regret doing it, and I think that drinking game was punishment for doing it. <laughs> but doing that accent, you'll be surprised how hard it is to keep it going for as long as you have to keep it going. So I found the phrases "Hey, I'm walking here," and a walking cer- in. yeah, and a certain f bomb. Help me stay in the accent. So, Reload has an unnecessary amount of swearing. But I, I quite like Finney. He was better in the third one. I, I enjoyed playing him then. You don't really have two characters to talk about, do you? No, I do don't. You, what do you remember about Thicky? You played him for... You know what? I actually played him before Lost Hope that, in that one thing that we also can't reference because of its distasteful name. Yeah. He has about no personality because we didn't develop him. He talks slowly. He talks and very so, yeah. silently, as found out in Reload. He does talk very, very quietly. <laughs> <sighs> but in that one thing that we did that we just... Well, I just don't want to reference because it is that distasteful. He he didn't have any personality. The point of the video, or that video, was not about personality. It was just about a joke. And then in Lost Hope, he just, just dies. And... and he repeats one of the jokes? He does. He does repeat one of the jokes. But... There was, you know, but apparently he's quite the womanizer. Even though, I'm, I'm quite now going into my character. I don't know why I came up. <laughs> Lost Hope. We had so many ideas, so many, so much stuff, and that was the first thing that came to mind. And I directly went with it. And now Periwinkle is a sexist, sexist but non-homophobe. Yeah. And yeah, he wants yeah. women. He but wants to think he's a woman. On the bright side, spoiler alert: he's dead now. So. Is he? I didn't know. Oh, I Who else is dead? All of them. Frisbee died off camp. No, he didn't. <laughs> that was actually Frisbee's cousin. Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, no. But still. What was his cousin's name? I think it was Boomerang. It was Boomerang, yeah. It's Boomerang. His cousin Boomerang. But, but no, I, I, I think he has no personality yet, and we have no room to develop him unless we were to do a fourth one. And, like, I'd do it, but not for quite a while, because, you know, it's effort, and... Maslak and Billy probably wouldn't do it. I don't know if you'd do a fourth one. They they would do a fourth one, I believe. I would do a fourth one and they would do a fourth one. But I want to start something new. I want to start fresh. Yeah. I want. I don't want to milk a franchise to its death. I think a trilogy is enough. Maybe we'll have to do like a, a Matrix 4 option where we leave it for a few years and then just do like this one sequel that shouldn't have happened but was actually kind of cool. Or do a spin-off show. TV show. TV show is the best way to go with the Disney Just like movie Disney does show. with every everything they did in the 2000s. Exactly. I've seen the Monsters, Inc. show. It's not good. It is bad. It's really bad. Yeah, do you like your character? Do I like my character? Oh, yeah. I, do you like your character? Periwinkle. Periwinkle. I do play basically myself when I'm in a bad mood. So <laughs> I do love... I do love Periwinkle. He's, he has my style. He has my attitudes. Mm. Well, other than towards women. Uh, and poisoning the world's water supplies and killing overweight children. Yeah, but overweight children apparently in our universe are very good at getting women. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was just self-depression at the time. Yeah, and apparently my character is quite scary, uh, or I'm quite quite scary when once I'm in character. Both both Maslach and today Prison Zen have told me that in the final fight of no chance when firstly when I approached Deck saying oh you want to do it the periwinkle way he got genuinely scared of me and also me sitting on top of um, right no Finney. okay look I am 5 10 11 if I'm lucky yeah he this guy's like 6 2 I think 6 3 6 3 there we go 
This guy's 6'3", and due to the height difference, he probably weighs about as much as I do. Maybe a little bit less, because, you know, he's not grossly. Either way, when you've got a 6'2 German dude strangling you, <laughs> shouting about how it's the grand final or something, and your, entire, you know, your body weight plus his is pushing your shoulder blade into a rock that's been frozen into a puddle, it's a bit fucking scary. Uh, just my my only comment there is that I love your buddy and um, uh -huh. that don't don't ever be don't ever call yourself gross again. But oh, uh, thank you. you. Mm, we all for body positivity here, and yeah, no, I I don't. I mean, it must be must be because the character's so good. I made the character so good. You're a method actor. I am. I wasn't. I wasn't screaming memes, which he, he was. You know, there's a shot quite early on in the movie where he looks into a mirror and he spent a solid four minutes hyping himself up for that one static shot. I remember that very well. Yeah, stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> Just stay tuned, that's all I'm going to say for the movie. It's It will be very good, I'm very proud of my... I, I would, we would talk about it more, but not wanna, we don't want to give it away too much. Otherwise, I do love my character and I would be very sad that I'll never be playing Periwinkle again. But I'll, I'll stay close, I'll stay close. I, I'll tell you what, let, let's foreshadow... The screaming meme is a little bit. You play more than one character across the Xanarama multiverse. How do you feel about the character of Matt? Let's 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 introduce him here. Character Matt is the main character in the screaming memes, and I do play him. I wasn't supposed to play him, but as we know, the casting outside of the Xanarama Four is very difficult, so we had to rely on him. Mm -hmm. Well, my or myself, yeah, my original Matt was doing. He, he was going to be very committed. He's He's a good guy to work with, but he needs explicit detail for every single thing he does. So it would have been a long process, but it would have turned out pretty good. But it just so happened that he decided he was going to temporarily disable himself a week before filming. So, yeah. And then I jumped in, and then we yeah. filled it over the course of three, two months with one and a half month break in between. Mm, yeah, for my 18th birthday. <laughs> it took us that long to recover. Yeah, a very good party. Mm. I do love... I don't think... Matt is too British for me. I think he was he was written in the beginning as a British guy in the mm. scripts. The only Zanarama movie where we ever successfully followed the script. It worked quite well. I'm not going to lie. It did work. And it did work reading from the script. But in the end, I just couldn't convey. I think being Polish worked for Paul mm. in a bit. But uh, being German didn't work for Matt as well. Mm, that's true. Well, regardless of any plot points in the Screaming Mimis, if the opportunity were to arise, would you play Matt again in the future? Just remembering the end, I don't think there is much point. But if we do... Oh yes, you did suggest a prequel. I did... Well, I suggested a sequel with a couple of scenes that would make it possible, so... Mm, I would play him again. I would play him again if you made... If, if you adjusted your script a bit more to me. Mm. But yes, there's absolutely nothing. I don't like him as much as Periwinkle, which is probably obvious because Periwinkle... You play Periwinkle for three years, you played him for three months. Exactly, and Periwinkle I do play in my free time all the time, basically. <laughs> I've seen it. He, he autographs pictures as Periwinkle. Yeah, I do. And I don't. I, I'm, I thought this morning about adding Periwinkle to my name as Simon P. Danke. Just to always, it's just like a tattoo of the Zanarama logo. I beg of you to do both of those things. <laughs> Simon at, Periwinkle at, Danke. At least you'd have to go yeah, the Zanarama. I think we made, we have to make a better logo to get tattooed. I think, you know, in the middle of that shutter, we should put Maslak's face. <laughs> <laughs> and then get it tattooed. Well... I'm going to have to describe this for the listeners, but you can see what I'm doing. When the Avengers cast finished the Avengers Endgame, they got a tattoo of the Avengers logo on the inside of their forefinger, between the forefinger and the middle, just, just there. That's a good place to get a tattoo, because if you regret it, you don't have to look at it. And it's just you, small You enough. actually don't, no. But you could just, you know, write in with it. I will never regret working for Zenorama. <laughs> okay, next question. Why are your characters the way they are? I think that's a pretty similar question. But... It is, but we can play on just... it for time. So, well, you can go first. I've gone Fair first Winkle. every time. So I, 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 it's just the same, pretty much. I just developed him. He he came out. Harry Winkle's gay in Lost Type 4. <laughs> Who knows? Gay <laughs> cousin might be <appear>. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I just I just <laughs> developed him along the same way I developed myself, and I turned out, and that's the way. It, if you listen to the original podcast, you'll probably 
It was between Lost Hope and Reload. That was recorded at the point where we thought we'd never do a Lost Hope sequel, if you remember. I did, I, even though you didn't want to earlier, I will listen to it later tonight, and then I will tell you what actually our plans were. I will listen to your commentary on what you heard, but I will never listen to that again because I, I don't like me in that era of time. It, it, it developed me into this, this, this dude that you see now. Between like 2017 and 2021, I didn't get along with myself very well. So, mm. yeah. yeah, but no, for me it's not as interesting as it is for someone else. Just Periwinkle grew alongside me. Yeah. Frisbees, I think I'm going to have to ask that question again because Billy's, Billy's way of talking about Frisbee, if he can even, will be very interesting. I would want to be there for that. <laughs> I mean, for me, Thicky was just me. Literally just me. It was a name we came up with because why not? It suited at the time. It still suits now, to be fair. Thinny is named because it's quite funny and ironic, but the character of Thinny comes from the fact that I was a director on the first Lost Hope movie. I tried to direct the second and third movies, but they fell through. So I said to Maslak, the year we filmed Reload, I don't want to be a director anymore. I will just rock up, I will play a character, and then I'll go home. And that's where Thinny comes from. Legitimately the reason. So Thinny is the the not the guy who just does what he's told. Yeah, I just, you know, and then I decide... The Italian accent was because it comes from... Simon used to hold these Christmas feasts. He ran two. Which pisses me off because I absolutely adore trilogies and it's a perfect... You th- and this year I, I had the date, but then the Metro didn't have McDonald's yeah. coupons. But I might, I might have a delayed one. Why shouldn't I? You should. But everything comes in threes and it pisses me off when somebody doesn't make a trilogy. I could ramble on, but I'm not going to because we've got to stay on topic. But we had just finished the second Christmas feast and just to make a friend laugh, I did the Italian accent and I found it so incredibly funny that I decided that I was going to do it for... How long were we filming Reload for? A week? Well, you didn't even manage to do the whole of Reload. No, most um, of Reload I did it for. For most of Reload, yes. It was, like, a week, yeah. And then we you, came up with a weak plot point as to why, because I can't do the accent anymore. So we came up with a weak plot a You weak you lost plot. your You lost your accent even throughout. I mean, the tea scene that where the... Where, yeah. where it's the, the tea party scene, the scene before the tea party, yeah. where they talk about Trebs and the woman with the... Big <laughs> eyes. Yeah, that's where that's where Thinny starts to lose his Italian accent. And then we just decide we're going to play it off as something different as to why I just have a normal American accent that slips back into an English accent by the end of the trilogy. But it does. It does. The yeah. the American accent does bring a lot of bring a lot of cool stuff for a spin-off. It does. It really does. I. I if I had done the American accent all the way through, it wouldn't have been as hard. But that Italian accent just... I never want to do it again in my life. Basically. And I get it. Yeah, yeah luckily I came, I, came, I came naturally with the accent. I didn't have to worry about that. Okay, so that's our characters. I'll be interested to ask that in a few weeks, in a couple of weeks, to the others. Yeah. Mm, the German stereotype villain. How does it feel to be the yes. typical German? So this is Eastern European, even yeah. though Germany is not Eastern European. But I'm from East Germany, so mm. I'll take that as Eastern European villain. And it does feel good. I do love st- seeing stuff, doing stuff that I've seen. It gives me more room for inspiration. He loves um, filling stereotypes. Yeah. No, I've had uh, lots of inspiration. You can get easily get, for yeah. example, Blowfield. Even mm. though he's he's not German, is he? Is he German? What is he in the movies? I, I know he, he's not Russian. Definitely not Russian. Christoph Waltz is Austrian or Swiss. We will be hated by the movie critics, but luckily I have a PC next next to me. So yeah. you talk about okay. uh, how you perceive the German stereotype while I uh, Google Christoph Waltz. I, I just think it's funny. You know, I didn't realize until it was pointed Austrian. out to me. It is Austrian, Austrian, and I was yeah. correct. That's cool. And now let's see what Blofield comes from. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, I, I just didn't realize that we were fulfilling this German stereotype until it was pointed out to me. How do you spell Blofeld? It's just Blofeld. B-L-O-F-L-D. Yes, I didn't realize we were, you know, until it was pointed out to me. And then when I realized that I thought, actually, oh my God, we could be offending a lot of people here. I mean, there's a couple of comments in No Chance towards the German people, which I think could be seen as offensive, 
specifically the one where he's like, if there's one thing Germans hate more than the cold, it's losing world wars. Obviously, it was pointed out to me that German, Germany lost World War Two because of the cold, supposedly. But, or, you know, it was a... World War One. It, it was a playing factor. But at the same time, you know, we, we have a German, a quite a large, substantial German audience. And having heard that joke in the movie, I was like, I don't want to piss off the only group of people outside of the four of us that actually watch these things. Because I don't know an English person who watches these things quite as much as your German friends do. I do, I do spread it along a lot of people, and I know, even even people I barely know, I don't know if anyone will be listening, I don't know if, how much will promote this, mm. but a big shout out to all of the German fans, and even people I haven't talked to for a long time, who just seen this on my Instagram story and still follow it, and I have a great respect to you, and Blowfield also apparently is a Russian, you are right. Russian, hell yeah. But, well, with Crystal Valves not really hmm. correctly, yeah. correctly represented. Yeah. No, I do love being German, and I do love... Uh, I always love it. Maybe I'll carry it on throughout my characters in that drama, no matter... Yeah. Uh, Matt won't... Well, Matt has his, has his moments, but in essence, he's British. Yeah, in essence. But he was written by a British guy for a British guy, so... And then I came in... But it would be nice, in my sense, to start fulfilling some British stereotypes going forward. Because, thinking about it, none of the two British characters in the Lost Hope trilogy... I mean, in the, in the whole British. of Xenorama, just 50% of people are British. Yeah, and the, the stereotype speaking, there are just about no British stereotypes, so one of us has got to do it. Might as well be me. I could see it. I could see it. We have the tea party thing. The tea I think party, we, yeah. We have, a, we have a bit. I think Frisbee is good at British stereotypes. But, you know, I need to wear a tracksuit at least once. <laughs> I do want to see that. Standing I mean, on, like, I mean, a shop corner. With a pit and a balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> and like a butter knife. Yeah, that's the British stereotypes that come up in these beautiful realms of the British countryside. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's see what's, what's the, the, next the next question. Are there any spin-offs? We have talked about it. We have cut into it a bit. But now let's go chronologically. Chronologically, okay. To begin with, there was a, a, a full-length... Frisbee spin-off set in the original multiverse timeline, which made no sense to me. The script was about five pages long. Did he write it or did you write it? He wrote it. Yeah. I yeah, back in that back in then. Back then I tended to give people their own spin-offs to write, if you remember you had your own as well. Which Well we'll get onto that if we can't stay chronological. We will, yeah. But followed by that was a spin-off for a character that never exists nowadays. He's called Crowley. He was a lawyer, interdimensional lawyer. He did basically come back. Mm, for a spin-off that also never happened. And for a spin-off, yeah. maybe we'll sue him one day. <laughs> yeah. But Crowley was cool. He's actually my favourite character I think I've probably created for this series. He yeah. was a proper... <laughs> How many characters have you created for the series? Most of them, apart from Deck and Periwinkle and Frisbee. Who else is there out of Periwinkle and Deccan Frisbee? You had Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my point. Yeah. No, there's more. You got Shotgun, Bastard, and Triple. Yeah. More sleazy lawyers. Beans and Beans, you've basically Beans and treated. Beans, yeah. There's a few, but Crowley was my favourite by far. Yeah. He was a sleazebag lawyer, and he was funny to read, funny to write. And spoilers for a movie that was Perfectly never cast. He was. But it was because the actor that it was never made. But. He died in the original stories, and I wrote a spin-off of him set before he dies, and then after he dies, set in the afterlife, because originally Frisbee dies as well. And the spin-off would have been a Crowley and Frisbee spin-off set in the afterlife, which I thought could have been quite funny. And there you can see how stuff got overcomplicated a bit when we had too much free time yeah. in year 11. But it was it was funny to write, and I'm sad that we never got to make it in some cases. But after that, I think we stepped back for a little bit, and then I wrote... No, you had your spin-off next. I had my spin-off next, which I wrote to you on Snapchat on early morning of some day. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a script, it was a bullet points like we usually work with. Yeah. And it was a true masterpiece. I don't know if we can ever release the first scene, because the the very beginning got made, got put into a rough cut. It, feat- it was called Periwinkle Inc. After that we had a horror called Xana Reed. Which was set outside of the Lost Hope. Franchise. You know this timeline a lot better than I do. I created the timeline. Yeah, that's you do. why. That's probably why. And then 
the one that really overcomplicates everything is that in the original Lost Hope 3, we visited a different universe called the Universe 394, because all the universes were labelled by numbers. Oh, the bouncy balls. The bouncy balls, yeah. See, that's a reference. See, none of you none of you who weren't in Xenorama would know this reference, but in Reload, there's a reference to the never-made continuum and um, quantum... No, wait. Delusion of Solace. There it is. <laughs> Which is the bouncy balls in the where in the scene in the interview scene the interrogation scene where Periwinkle kidnaps Thinny and asks him he said how did you come back did you use some bouncy balls mm. and now I'm back to your your point where they use the bouncy ball to go to a different universe and to different yeah. timelines mm. yeah that was a whole thing but three nine four was set in universe three nine four that was referenced in the trilogy and then yeah. We'd never even got that far, but basically in this universe, Periwinkle was the hero, Thicky even was the villain, and it was just a reverse role reversal, but we were going to play it for jokes, but we never did because we didn't have the time or the effort to do it at that point. And then following that... And then we made Reload, and then we only made some more realistic expectations. Yeah. We made Reload, and then we started on Periwinkle Inc., which we'll get to in a second, but a bit less significantly is that I wrote a Lost Hope 4 set in the original timeline, which ended up coming into Reload. So essentially, we had, at the point of Reload, two movies that you could watch, but six altogether that all led into Reload, because I have too much spare time sometimes, and I enjoy making complex plot lines. But yeah, there's a Lost Hope 4, and... Two and three that you'll never see, and then we went on to Periwinkle Link, which you'll also never see. Which I just cut into, which I do yeah. remember perfectly well because it was mainly my idea and my my brainwork. We did slightly bicker over how the plot should go, whether it should be like a Star Wars spin-off or just a standalone thing, and he won, so he should talk about it more than I should. Uh, I forgot about that. I, I remember being at that bet. I don't know what we betted about. We, flip, we flipped a coin we to decide coin. whether or not it should lead directly into Lost Hope 3 or not. Oh, yes. Won. So uh, it didn't lead into Lost Hope 3. It didn't lead into Lost Hope 3, which I didn't know how I would have ended anyways. But we filmed, we started filming. We had a beautiful scene of me. It, it was about how Periwinkle became the Periwinkle he is today. It was a lot links into the character development, which we talked about earlier. And it just implies that, or talks about how Periwinkle wasn't, was evil, evil by nature, and evil by nurture, not evil by nature. Yeah. How he became the way he is. He was just a normal man working for Cracky, the the German word for octopus. Yeah. Which was the actual villain, the overall villain. Who was supposed to come back if we carried on? Who was supposed to come back in Lost Hope 3? But he didn't, because we never finished the movie. But I started working for Cracky and Cracky did well he was very wasn't a very nice employer at all. Mm. And so Beans and Beans and I and I had a lovely scene with Beans with, with Jamie Hines back then which was a lot better than the one that actually made the cut in No Chance. But we conspired against Cracky and on the business leave. I remember when I took... Oh my God, we're talking about stuff that shouldn't be talked about. Yeah. But when I took the suitcase from the from the Holocaust stand... Oh my to God. Film, to film the scene where Cracky leaves. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> no. No, 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 I forgot. That's my suppressed memory. Oh, uh, so It bad. was a good scene. It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, I do agree why our actor for Cracky didn't want it to be because at one point he was just shouting really capitalist mean things at me. And yeah, that's in, in the end what happened. We filmed about half of it, maybe a bit over yeah, half. We filmed none of Cracky. All of Periwinkle's scenes were done near enough. Yeah. Apart his individual scenes. But it, it was the same that we have with every other thing. The same with the problem, sorry. We just couldn't get the actors. We had. Cracky was a woman at one point. Yeah. Do you remember when he cast her? She was up for it, apparently, but it was the commitment to doing it after that one. And we had another actor who didn't have time, who, just, who, yeah. who would be up for it, but he just didn't have the time in his life. Yeah, so it was a fate of the universe that Periwinkle Link doesn't exist, and that ultimately changed No Chance a lot, because originally Periwinkle was supposed to have a redemption arc that would actually be long-standing. He would survive the trilogy and become one of the heroes by the end of the saga. And together they would fight Cracky to, yep. the, to the death. But that never happened because Cracky never existed. And I do believe that would have made Last of Three a lot more... would have enhanced the plot a bit. It does. 
But Lost Book 3 was a bit all bones, no meat sort of thing. It was just about ending the trilogy. Getting getting to a finish, even yeah. though it took half an hour. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you mean. So that's it. That's for spin-offs. Are there any more spin-offs? Oh, we've got the spin-off that we've talked about. The spin-off that yeah. originated while filming uh, Lost to No Chance... Which or one? filming Low Chance, uh, the one that's on the Frisbee Nichols channel. Yes, that's the only one that exists, but it's, it's two minutes, no commitment. If you watch the trilogy, you can spare two more minutes. Watch it, best thing ever. And the last question, the very last question, we are also making, we are getting through time very quickly now, we are. aren't we? The, your favourite plot holes, your favourite movie errors that did make the cut. I do would like to cut into my first thing, which you, I always you do. go first because I've, I've got to think about this. In no chance, while the in the resolution, in no chance, while the three heroes get to talk to each other, and yeah. the bonding of man happens. <laughs> yeah. The camera, which the cameraman couldn't hold his laughter <laughs> about himself being peed on. That's why there is a brief moment in that dialogue scene, not them yeah. three talking scene, where the audio fades out, which was me laughing. It was like yeah. a tipple. <laughs> Yeah, because it was just so funny. It was, <laughs> it was funny to film and to watch, but it's still still quite funny to watch. What else? What what's the, what's another good error? The first one, when they're saying something and you say this kind of offer because it doesn't fit the it dialogue. Does, it doesn't all. fit the dialogue, but it's still, it's it still it still fits the effect. And the amount of times that he says "coke" in one <laughs> sentence is hilarious. You run with a guy who threw, threw your coke. I have for you a life supply of coke. Yeah, it was brilliant. And probably as well, it was muted. But when Deck fell in the chase in the first Lost Hope, Frisbee shouted, Maslak, not Deck. <laughs> and that was muted because there was music I, over the top I of it. I didn't know. You didn't know that? I didn't know that, no. I thought you could hear it, but I think he's edited it again because I can't tell anymore. But he did shout Maslak on the night. That's a, a good one. <laughs> That's some good mistakes. What else have we got? Um, the school logos that shouldn't be there. All this, I mean, after we'll, after, I think we shouldn't have. We should have just completely ignored them for no trends after we've just lost yeah. seen Lost Hope today, yeah. and that it features school logos for about a majority of its runtime. It does. But obviously, we don't know which school we're going to, and there will never be a shout out to the name, only the logo. I don't know what school I go to. I've been going there seven years, I don't know what it's called. I just know what the place, I know where the, where the door in is, and I know where the door out is. Yeah, I don't even know where that is, I'm late most days. <laughs> walking around, finding the entrance. Basically. Mm, any more mistakes, any more plot holes? Me the, looking into the camera when shouting he must have had a heart attack, oh, which wasn't yeah. planned but still works. I've looked into the camera so many... I, I never used to, but for no chance, I just couldn't help myself. I just look at the cameraman, and it turns out the cameraman is obviously the camera. Jamie looks at the camera quite a bit. He I don't, does. It's not one of my favourite mistakes at all, but he just turns around seeing... Basically looking for your feedback, whether that whether he did well or not. Yeah. He did well, he, he, but he did well. they're turning around to see whether you approve is yeah. a bit... But, you know, it's fine. Don't, don't, bully, the, don't bully the amateur. No, he's still... He's still, he's still <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he did, he, did, he did it and he did a good job. And he, he wasn't one of the many cast that, that, that we lost. Mm. Any more mistakes, plot holes? I can think of some, but... How many times Periwinkle could have been caught in that catch scene... On all the in that uh, yeah, yeah in, in chase scene there, yeah. there we go uh, in all the chase scenes in the first chase scene yeah. like when he throws the coke and frisbee runs after the coke at like full speed and then slows down again yeah <laughs> yeah it just shows frisbee's full intentions doesn't it it does it's all for the coke he's an addict an yeah. addict that's what he is now that's it for questions do you have do you have any any last words. Any last Zenorama specific. You know, when we filmed No Chance, I was thinking all the way through, we'll probably do a fourth one because... Me too. You know. Because it's fun. Yeah. And because, to be fair, the ending... It's more fun than quality in the end shorts, but it yeah. is. I do love doing it. But, you know, when, when I watched it for the first time, I was thinking, that half an hour goes very, very quick, and I'm not quite sure if it's enough to let go of the characters yet. But I've seen Lost Hope countless times. I've seen Reload countless more times. I've seen well, No Chance. Most, I think about half of all views go back to us. Probably, yeah. But I've seen No Chance five times, six maybe, total. 
and having watched it that many times over in 11 days, I personally am now satisfied with the ending and I'm ready to let go of Lost Hope. What about you? The ending, I've been told by some people actually, you, uh, you asked for my feedback from the German audience, mm -hmm. that the ending actually is quite unclear and a bit ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And if you do have to watch it quite a few times to get... I mean, Lost Hope, the, the thicky character was mm -hmm. three years ago. Yeah. We're cutting into the biggest spoiler of them all here, but we that are. actually isn't such a big plot twist as it turns out. No. But you have to remember the beginning of the first movie to understand the very last seconds of the last movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. But I think when you understand it... But it's still it's still cool. We still... We, we leave it open because, you know... Originally I wanted to be killed off a second time, so I thought it'd be funny, but I'm fed up of dying, so, you know... Yeah, I'm just scared that we'll milk the milk the franchise until there's absolutely nothing left, until it seems like we're running out of ideas, which maybe already happens because we like repeated the ambush thing about four times through the whole. I, I have written ten, twelve Lost Hope scripts now. <laughs> I have written so many stories. I have written well over two hundred A four pages worth of script. For this series, I myself am fresh out of ideas now. But because they're all already somewhere where they won't ever be, won't ever be filmed. Exactly. Or have been filmed and won't ever be because we are restricted to four cast <laughs> in itself and three cast normally because some one of us has already be, always been filming. Yeah. That's also why you never see us four in no chance. Yeah. And you do only see us four in reload because we had a T which got a special thanks in the end. She did. But you know, having done no chance, I suppose there are different ideas I had. I, I referenced to everyone a couple of weeks ago a cross country journey to Europe where we meet Periwinkle's followers or something you know so the ideas are there it's just making them feasible and doable and going also to belarus actually wanting to do it as well cause... i do think i think even frisbee still want this i think even billy and match i stay i don't want to promise too much but i can say i don't think billy actually hates it quite as much as that's on if he does even if he does he'll still do it anyway and he'll still sit in my podcast in a he will Couple in either next month or in two months. He will do nothing and, but complain about it, but he'll do it. And he'll similarly do nothing but complain about editing this, and our drunk minds are full of ams and ass and pauses <laughs> and talking yeah. into each other and over each other. Mm -hmm. But yeah, big shout out to Mr. Frisbee Nichols for editing oh, this yeah. podcast for us, even though he does take money. He does take money. I've known this guy for five years, and he's actually <laughs> charging us. So talk about so match rates. You better do something good. Man, after all I do for you, I even left in the bit where you were talking about my old YouTube channel. That that was some generosity, and you do not appreciate it. And for the record, you're paying me ten euros. What am I even meant to do with that? Although it is a stronger currency than the pound, so I guess I should shut my gob. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, I'm 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 happy. I'd do a spin-off. I'd do. Sequels. I'm happy, and I'm proud of us. I'm Honestly, proud I'm proud, proud of what this became. And I wonder yeah. just the other day, if you Google, or if you throughout all of YouTube, mm -hmm. how many goofy, weird, silly action films by yeah. 15 to 19 year olds there are, Yeah, I do believe there are hundreds. There are hundreds. There are loads. Even if they're doing it for like their GCSE courses, <laughs> there are loads of them. And I will say quite confidently that we are of the better half of that bunch. I would say the top 20%, probably. Mm. Especially No Chance. No Chance yeah. in, in terms of its production value and Reload in terms of its plot value. But on a final note on that topic, there's a common producer saying that, I don't know if you've heard before, but it's, it's pretty common, but it fits us perfectly. It's this idea that to make a sequel, we need to open doors that have already been closed. And that's like effort. Yeah. I, I've closed the door, and I'm gonna lock it and swallow the key. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm good. But I don't want Zanarama as a whole to die. I want to make movies till we're old and grey. Me too. 
And once we're all in Gary, we will make movies about us making movies. <laughs> Just like the Fablemans. Which we do need to watch. We do need to any, watch. Any others? Are there any out already? I believe there probably will be. Any what out already? The the Inside Xenorama documentary is basically a movie about us making movies. It is. But a fictionalised version where we have people who look slightly like us playing us and we record us recording this. That would be very fun. That would be fun. Other than that, I think this is it for Inside Xenorama episode one. Yeah. I will see you around this time next month, next time in February. Mm-hmm. And any last words to our uh, big th- big thank you to all the people, all the hundreds, hundred yeah. uh, of hundred, people. Yeah, the hundred people who want... No, Even though at least yeah. 20 go back to us. Yeah. But uh, at least 80 people will have seen no chance by the time, 11 days after it came out. Yeah. At Zanorama, everyone is the same. It's a big... It's one everyone's big in love family. with each other. Yes, we're man, love man, woman, love woman sort of situation. And then the fact that we don't have, have any women. Well, Screaming Mimi's does, even though for five seconds, star yeah. a woman, for the f- cast a woman for the very first time. We cast a woman for the first time last year, didn't we? Oh, wait, do we do have tea. Yeah. But I don't think that counts as well, because it's... it's a, it's an external Xenorama relationship. Oh, that's true. But Mr. Mr. Nichols can tell me all about it. Yeah, tell us in detail about your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. We are nearing one hour. And yeah. let's not stretch this out anymore. No. I will say a goodbye from uh, Mr. Perry Winkle. Yeah, and goodbye from Mr. Thicky Winkle. I'll see you when I see you next, whether it be next month or the month after. And in Screaming Mimi's, whenever that will come out. I think it won't be out by the time we'll it, the next podcast. No, it'll be out between episode three and four, I presume. Then, good night, and if you haven't seen any of them, or just rewatch all the movies, goodbye. Bye-bye. Me again, because I'm self-absorbed. This isn't my podcast, but hello. Welcome to the end of the episode. Here's some bloopers that they asked me to cut out, and I won't, because... <laughs> Uh, because it's funny. Are we using the right microphone? That's what I'm wondering. Let's see. We should be. Have you got more than one? Audio setup. Oh, I can't oh. click it while I'm recording. The mono, so we can't just read. Hello? How are you? Okay, the it gets louder the closer I am to the microphone. That makes sense, but that means we've got to kiss for the entire thing there enough. Maybe we can just uh, turn up the microphone a bit more. Which might work, which might not work, but we don't actually have to be this close to it. I just wanted to check whether it's better when we're close to it. Aha. Penis.